The mares in black celebrate diversity, inclusion, equity, and respect in the model horse hobby. In upholding the stories and accomplishments featuring people of color, the LGBTQIA community, people with disabilities, and other systemically oppressed populations, we seek to strengthen our community through empathy and understanding. Different perspectives and experiences make this hobby a richer place. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to Mares in Black. This is episode 114, your newscast for February. It is currently February 13th, and tonight we are joined by Jen Scott of Aspen Leaf Studios. We are the Model Wars podcast for hobbies by hobbies. I am Jackie, and I am, as always, joined by Heather. Hi. My lovely lovely co-star. Woo! And, of course, as I mentioned, we also have Jen tonight. Hello. Okay, Jackie. What's up? What's going on? What's up? What's up? So what's, what's up? up? So I've been getting ready for uh, my second con of the year. I'm going to Catscon on Thursday. Forty eight hours ish. Mm, yeah, late. the prep the prep for that has been intense. Well, the prep for that has been intense because I I made a whole new cosplay from scratch. Um, that's like. I have a friend who's getting married. I think I probably talked about this. I have a friend who's getting married and the, like they're doing a, a photo shoot right before they get married. And it's the theme is Sunday best. So you show up in your fancy version of your cosplay. So I was like, now's the time to do this. Um, so I did it. I'm very so proud this of how it, it came out. That's, it's the guard. The Royal Guard. Yeah, it's yeah. the Royal Guard from uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Nice. Very, I'm really, I'm very excited to wear it. I'm very, very happy with how it came out. Well, it looks amazing. I was like, oh my God, girl. I know. I'm like, I like, I had like, I punched above my weight class the entire time making that thing. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think you and Jen are a lot alike in that way. Cause I've known Jen for a long time too. Jen's just like, I'm going to do that. I don't care if I'm out of my depth. <laughs> well, I didn't. And then, and, oh and then my before- God, I stressed <laughs> out about those gloves for three months. Um, like, <laughs> well, cause like, the pat I used a pattern and um I asked the pattern make like I I've wanted to make this costume for a long time and probably a year and a half or two years earlier I went to the person who had the pattern and was like like how hard is this to do and and she was like oh you probably should be an intermediate sewing person at the time I was absolutely not I was rank beginner and I'm like okay that's not for me but now I have some skills I've made some things and I'm like I I might be intermediate and I got it and I started trying to put it together and I was like this is not an intermediate. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> like, this is like it's got a striped under thing, and you have to like you have to cut the stripes out of different pieces of fabric and throw them together. So it's like a lot of straight lines, and there's a zipper, and there's all kinds of crazy crap going on with the collar, and then there's nineteen hundred feet of bias tape. <laughs> that's like, a, that's the one thing that like my grandmother used to always talk about how doing bias stuff was just a huge pain it's just, so. oh yeah and then on top of it like the fancy gold like stuff i the fabric i chose for that total nightmare oh then there was a pair of gloves you have to make and gloves are the worst yeah the worst um but it has all come together like it came together better than i anticipated um several times like sometimes i got done with something i was like holy crap that looks really good <laughs> like um, and I, I went and, uh, so I'm wearing it for the first official time on Sunday. Um, but I also decided to enter it in a, 
in a juried cos cosplay contest. So I entered it in Anime Boston. I don't know if I got in yet or not. Um, they take 15 entries for each skill level, so I'm competing as an intermediate. Um, they take 15 entries and then they waitlist 15 people. Um, so I don't, I haven't heard. I don't know when I will hear. Um, but they let you know either you got in, you did, or you're waitlisted, or you got in, or, or you or you didn't. Like they tell you no matter what. So <sighs> how is it as a con? Is it a big con? Like is it a prestigious? It's con a huge. Oh yeah, it's a it's a huge con and it's i have never been to it before I'm, I'm going because a friend got me like a free pass nice because it's boston like i don't go to boston i don't have to um <laughs> i just boston's like it's worse than the city um but uh yeah so it's it's a big freaking deal and they're like their masters level like masters and like people who compete in masters and like the set like in ohio like the center of the united states like when they want to up their skill level they like come to anime boston and try to get into that masters nice. like yeah it's i'm like oh so if i get excuse me but um you know just if i get in like that i i think i could yeah. get in but i don't think i would place it's one of those and i don't care yeah. because you can go into the green room and then pick everybody's brain on how they do stuff and that just sounds great to me <laughs> But, like, cosplayers are very, like, if you go and ask, hey, how did you do that? You better, like, be prepared to sit down for 10 or 15 right. minutes. Because they'll be like, yes, I would love to tell you how I did it. Here's how. Like, you know. Let's grab a drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it's great, though, because, like, people are not, like, hiding, you know, hiding. This is a secret method or, you know. I mean, I guess there are probably some people who did that, but most people are very. Here's how I did it. Here's how you can do Sharing. it. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I love it when people are just so open about that. It, it just makes Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fun. Like, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Like, here's how you make this thing. And you know, then go do your variation on it. I think that's the thing that I that I really like about you getting into cosplay, you know, mm -hmm. besides the fact that, you know, you've really been into it is that the, the community seems very giving and very it is sharing. And there's like a camaraderie about doing this, which I think is great. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot of drama when it wants to be dramatic. Like, that's people. Put, they put us to shame. But, you know, but I do think that there's like, there's just like, I don't know, there's an energy that I think we could use. I think. Anyway, that's my soapbox for today. Um, I'm also probably... I'm also streaming video games on Twitch. <laughs> I'm seeing you yeah. testing. Yeah. So that's I need fun. to get I need to get I can stream on the Sony, but I need to get on the PS5, but I need to get Josh to set up my switch for me. Yeah, it's it, the switch is easy. Yeah, it's easy. Well, the, the I mean, this, the PS5, you just hit a button. And OK, it's not you, that easy, but yeah. it's pretty easy. Well, it also doesn't have video. I would like I, it has audio built in, but I don't mm -hmm. have a rig or anything. And it's in the living room. So, you oh. know, it's a little tricky. So um, I start my new job on Monday. Yay! Um, and I bought myself a, a happy new job to me, MacBook Air. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you deserve it. I deserve you it. You do. Absolutely. Um, mm. And it was so funny. It was like kind of an impulse buy. I was just like, I, I don't want to print out all this stuff for Briar West, right? I've got a bunch mm -hmm. of paperwork I have to have handy. Um, and I, and Aaron used to have this big gigundo binder, right? And I'm mm -hmm. just like, I don't want to deal with that. 
Um, I was like, but I don't have a laptop. Josh has a laptop, but it's Windows. Yeah. So. (laughs) You know what? Apple makes laptops. (laughs) Right. And I was also like, well, you know, I travel and I have a desktop and I don't take my work laptop because it's my work laptop. And it's proprietary and it weighs 10 pounds anyway because it's an engineering laptop. and. Um, just all these other reasons, like I could work in front of the television and some other stuff, or if I'm one of the things that was a big persuader was when I do classes with people that are teaching like Heather Bullock, mm-hmm. I have to do them at my desk and I have about this much real estate. Oh, like, I was wondering how you were doing that. 10 actually. inches in yeah. front of my monitor to watch them. And I'm terrified I'm going to spill something or stuff like that and get it on my computer or on, mm. you know. So if I take it, like if I cover up the the dining room table thing and put her on my laptop over to the side, it'll be a, a lot easier. Oh, nice. So excuses for me to spend money. That's right. I also had it stuck <laughs> in my head. I needed a, like a pro, a MacBook pro. And I was like, you don't need a MacBook pro and air is M2 chip for God's yeah, sake. You know, so, <laughs> so, well, it's not better than a pro, but it's, yeah. it's better than like a Chromebook. Like oh, the yeah, alternative garbage. to windows is a yeah. Chromebook. Mm-hmm. So, no. <laughs> So, yeah, so happy Macintosh to me. Yay. <laughs> do you have any new? Well, get to your news in your interview, but do you yeah. have any just like. Did you I get know a new computer? Did you, <laughs> did you get a new? I know your house tried to blow up on you. What? Yeah, yeah. You'll see the, um, the reno yeah, behind yeah. me in the video. But, yeah, it's, it's getting put back together. Thank God. But otherwise, yeah, it's just, just surviving over here. <laughs> Homeowning. <laughs> Two thumbs up. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. In more ways than one. (laughs) So we need your nag brags and your feature work for social media for Jackie. Um, I am begging you for nag brags, people. Begging. Begging. Come on. I have none. I I, I usually get feature work. It used to be the opposite. Come on. You all have something you're really excited about. Somebody bought something that they like. Come yeah, on. Or, just, or it's something you did. Like, come on. Or you want a ribbon. You something. Know? Uh, oh, as of this morning, there were no new countries. Okay. Oh, I forgot to tell them your email, Jackie. To send the oh, and the email for that is Jackie at mirrorsandblack.com. Woohoo. Hook me, um, me up, man. And again, our interview this episode is with Jennifer Scott of Aspen Leaf Studios. She probably doesn't need an introduction, but we'll do one anyway. Um, <laughs> that she she is multi talented and you know multimedia kind of. She casts resin. She molds resin. She makes china. She glazes chinas. She paints. She sculpts. She sculpts by hand. She sculpts on the computer. And she makes quilts. So what am I missing, Jen? <laughs> I do it all. She is a dynamo. I can't sleep, you know, just get to sleep. I, I have to be looking at something. So that's usually when I'm researching or I'm playing with stuff. And then it just helps soothe my mind. And that's how I go to bed. Nice. Hmm. All right. We're going to take a break and we will be back with the news. We are saddened to hear that the model horse history diva, Andrea Gurdon, lost her battle with cancer on February 17th. Andrea had been a hobbyist since 1978 and was one of the most respected Briar historians and experts in the hobby. She has many followers on her blog discussing Briar horse news 
releases, Briarfest, and other events. The blog can be found at briarhistorydiva.blogspot.com with a statement of her passing from her family. Thank you for your many contributions to the model horse hobby and discourse, Andrea. You will be sorely missed. The Mares in Black would like to thank our newest patrons, Kat McDermott, Angela Darrow, Courtney Sodder-James, Marty Wells, and Amanda Bristow. And as always, our herd nerds, Allison Paris, Andrea Brigadier, Anne Field, Anne Hudson, Atticus Jolly, Beth McCarley, Bree Cundiff, CJC, Chris Walbrook, Claire Close, Cynthia Wyatt-Briley, Sierra Marlowe, Eclectic Equines, Elaine Bordway, Gail Berg, Grace Bachism, Grace Walmer, Haley Walker, Heather Bullock, Heather Wisner, Heather Zeiger, Jamie Rote, Jamie Stein, Jenny Lambert, Jennifer Wilson, Julie Ward, Kate Dwyer, Katie Niles, Kelly Weimer, Carrie Gerben Johnson, Kira Matrajek, Laura Heidkamp, Lisa Esping, Madison Parkinson, Mary Reardon, Megan Smith, Megan Rochelle, Melissa Addison, Melissa Loritzen, Michael Price, Rebecca Wilson, Robbie Ramirez, Sarah Hampson, Susie Graham, Tegan Davis, Teresa Bazell, Tiffany Bright, and Tracy Calamar. The Mayor's thank you. start with mares and black news because our podcast we like to abuse our power that's how it is <laughs> anyway we Get have pa- we have a patreon uh it's patreon.com slash mares and black uh if you search model horse podcast or mares and black you will definitely find us yeah come join the crowd it's super fun um we are having a giveaway for a francine dare custom horse soon um Looks like we're getting a Steph Blaylock's painting class. Yes, I talked to Stephanie last week and I said, she, so we're pretty good friends, right? So she Mm -hmm. was telling me she wants to get into the online class giving thing like Tegan and Heather and and Karen Beeson, but she's a Luddite, right? And Mm -hmm. Bud's sort of a Luddite. And she was like, I don't, I I don't know if I can set this up and make it happen. And I kind of, that swirled around in the back of my brain Mm -hmm. for a while. And I was like, well... I feel about doing a test run for us and teaching our patrons and Josh will help you set up everything because that's what he does. A perfect thing for like Twitch or something like give them a private um, Twitch channel. So I, I don't think we're going to do it that way. I think we're going to yeah. do it with zoom, but, but it, we're going to teach her how to use two, you know, like a, mm-hmm. A laptop camera and or you know a cam and then a phone to look down on her work and how to record and all that kind of stuff and then kind of the rough draft will be her experimenting on our people. So. No, that's okay. So yeah, so that's she's fun. gonna do the basic like I think Chestnut or Bay class, um, and it'll be fun. That will be fun. That is cool because a lot of the the painting classes they're different mediums like they've got the oils they've got the acrylic they've yeah. got airbrush and she is mostly pigment with some some glaze work yeah so that will be interesting to yeah. see how she approaches it yeah I think her t- technique um, it used to be just straight up pastels and she started throwing the acrylic glazes in there and I think it's really unique for her yeah but 
mm-hmm. but it really cuts down on the grain apparently. So, which is, you know, the biggest boogeyman in pastels is the grain monster. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, finally, oh, we God. are doing we are doing March Madness. We're doing it against my own better instincts. Just make the bracket. Briar, just make the initial brackets. Briar was, but I know, but but Amanda Reed was like, "Want me to do your bracket?" And I was like, "Oh God, let her yes. do it." <laughs> Come on, man. We can't. Like, we've had two good. You know, we had two good runs. We get three in a row. That'd be amazing. No, we've had three. Oh, we've had three, we, four in a row. Two, two. Everybody two called it. And one was like second. And one place. was like second or third. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. So, so yeah. So it's pretty Excellent. good. Namsa, Namsa. There is Namsa, Namsa news. Ba, ba, ba. Um, there's a call for st- staff for Nan 2024. Um, they are looking both for judges and for volunteers. Um, we'll include the link in the show notes that uh. Will take you to their post that will take you to where you can apply. Um, it, reminder this year, Nan is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday yeah. of Briarfest week. So um, just to just today, they've also released the schedule of yes. what division is on each day. Um, the it looks the cards, pretty pretty the fees. similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we'll also have that information in the blog. Yeah. I'm not going to go all the way. Yeah, through a, there's it, a lot. It's pretty, if you've shown before, it's pretty typical. Yeah, I but think. If, if you haven't shown it Nan before, it's, yeah, you, you need to sit back it's, and read it. Yeah, totally. Because it's a lot. Totes my goats. But it's exciting. Oh, God, I haven't said that in a long time. I know. Wow. Everything that comes back. That is like you know? the 2000s, right? Totes Everything comes goats. back. Whatever floats your goats. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, um, Briar. Moving on to Briar, the Briar uh, onslaught. Um, they have released their Valentine's Day plushie. Her name is Rosie. She's um, so cute. I got her this week. So cute. So sweet. She is red with pink nose and feet and little heartsies all over her. It's very cute. I love her little nose. I know. With the little, like, I love that it's not solid, mm-hmm. that they've taken the heart shape and kind of gone yeah. with it across. Yeah. It's so cute. She's so cute. I love um, I'm showing her. She's. I said I'm showing her as retired already. They may have sold out. They're already oh, yeah. sold out. Yeah, well, I was glad, right, when it comes out, because it's like... Yeah, they go fast. Um, we also had the first uh, Collector's Club release, Heath, who was a winter song and a um, kind of a chestnut, very Sabino-y draft. He is also sold out. Strawberry Roan, excuse me, Strawberry Roan Sabino. I'm like, usually the name is on, the color is on here. But, he's beautiful, but why is he not glossy? Like, look at him. He is begging. He's because begging glossy, be glossy. He's just gonna high cop out somewhere else. Yeah, gonna be like a prize model or something. probably not a prize model, but something, 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 something devious by Briar. Yeah, and they're devious. Um, for Black History Month, they um they have uh the Cheryl White writer course and book set so this is um this is uh cheryl was the first female black jockey to ever win a race and there's a book about the about her called the jockey and her horse and then she is riding a a chestnut is this classic i believe it's a classic yeah it's classic um and then it's cheryl in her silks and the horse has tack that goes with it yes and there's a book too yeah and it's also on sale so yes 
link in link in the uh in the show, in the, show in the, the note you know whatever whatever the hell that is <laughs> and see brandon's briar stepping up their tiktok <laughs> with uh we work at briar so of course we blah 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 they had yeah, a, so these that... were really good this is a really funny video this is the current meme so it's yep. it's everybody and talking about you know what what they have in their offices and what they do at work um it's to preface that they have openings at Briar job positions. And the ironic thing about that <laughs> is the job I just got, the job I just took is the job that they're offering. They are also offering a, a digit, like a marketing position. And I yeah. was just like, really? But come on, you guys, I you know. could have come out and li- you could have lived here. I could have lived here. You could, I could have, I could have di- driven Dave crazy. You could have in person all the time. <laughs> You would love that. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, well, it's a fun TikTok. Their TikTok is 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 their TikTok. They decide is, to do one is good. Is, yeah, they they do a good job on the TikTok. Briar's best customs. Best customs contest. Best, best customs is back. Um, we have some a couple changes in the divisions yeah. here. There is excellent excellence in finish work. Which is fantasy. not a change. Nope. Fantasy, not a change. Most extreme, not a change. Performance, not a change. Excellence in tack making is back. Uh, the new one for 2024 is model glow-ups. So this is, um, it's, a cu- it's for customizations made to a model where judges are able to clearly recognize the original or underlying model or mold that was used. So this would be in, in our parlance probably what we would call simple custom yeah um so this is uh, this is exciting too i'm excited to see what comes out for that this is there is not a theme there is no longer a theme this is a this is the lineup yeah this is supposed to be at least semi-permanent for the next few years or anything um i'm interested for the simple custom because because you can with some tweaks you can make a model It'll still look like it, but it'll just like look like a better Elevated. version yeah. of itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like some of my favorite models. I have a swaps by Sarah Mink, and it's obviously a swaps, but it's also obviously more than a swaps. Yeah, yeah that's what I was yeah, thinking to me, of. That, when, go ahead, Jen. I, it takes a lot more skill. Oh yeah, to like really make something simple look good because you can't hide behind flash. Yeah. yeah. Sarah also used to do that to Ishes, to the Peterstone Ishes, and there were a couple mm. she did that were just oh like, yeah, that were just amazing. There are also yeah, a, a couple. There's also a couple of new rules about how large your entry can be, and yeah. you now if you're if you're doing one of the like the extreme customs, you have to if you're customizing a traditional scale horse, it has to stay in that scale. You can't take a stable mate. You know, blow it up into something huge, or just chop up a horse and throw it on in the inside. Yeah, um, th- th- that yeah. was the goal, I believe, to yeah. to to Eliminate avoid. Those. But you know, people kind of going around and yeah, it's not really a custom; it's really an art. It's really a sculptor, original sculpture, yeah. right? Which is fine. It was legal yeah. then, but I see why they're doing. Yeah, it. Yeah, I see why they're doing it too. But there's also like rules for like the the height of the diorama too. Yeah. So yeah. You can't have a crane anymore. <laughs> no more cranes. No more. Cranes. Can't have a whole table to yourself. You can't have a whole table to yourself. Your horse will collapse it if anything yeah. else is on the table. 
Don't do it. And once again, their legal department has excluded a number of states from the contest. Yeah. So boo. So boo. However, there is also the diorama contest, which is online only this year. Which I I saw the riot of online. I saw the riot on Facebook about that. Really? Uh, my yeah. My guess is it's online only because they get so many dioramas they just don't have a place to stick them all. Yeah. Yeah. But nice. You don't have to be attending Briarfest in person to have your diorama. I would prefer that. Like, why would you want to drag a diorama to Kentucky? Right, well, like, then you got to pick, right, gotta pick it up and, and like everything that? else. And people no. touching it and crap. Like, ugh, other people. So. Finally, the Swap Meet and Artisans Gallery are back. The Swap mm-hmm. Meet is Thursday and Friday night. Um, Artisans Gallery is Thursday, Friday, Saturday mm-hmm. night. Um, mm-hmm. They, I don't think they have put out the stuff to sign up yet but they have announced them so they're both going to be happening yeah so get ready ready. uh, tickets aren't uh, tickets aren't on sale yet either but i imagine that's going to happen soon yeah it was supposed to happen this week i thought at least Uh, ticket tickets we we uh, thought we thought that via information that was given to us in private no no they were saying yeah. it on they were saying it on uh Barfest official they've, that... they've been saying they have they've been a little non-committal as to exactly what <laughs> jen are you going to Barfest this year i am not this year because of real horse stuff yeah like i yeah. i have just we have shows and stuff in july yeah and want to get ready for them so yeah. it, it's something that i just made the choice not to spend two weeks driving and being in front of everybody and because my stuff sells online anyway yeah it's true it's all unpainted resin yeah so it's a lot of fatigue yeah to go down there right i hear that (laughs) (laughs) all right stone stone new and improved stone stone by voluartum (laughs) we have some stuff to talk about we do (laughs) uh there is a schedule out now for or um they're like their events. velocity yeah. sorry Whoa. well it's also their other events um the 2024 event schedule so like stone county fair um equilocity little horse show in september moonlight madness in the beginning of november and their christmas dinner so it's kind of like their big events yeah they're big the milestones yeah. but there's also there's also a schedule out did i put that in there because i bet you I you did but the first one was the kind of the whole oh there it is yeah. sorry um, yeah, so it looks like the events, like the event schedules are not changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the show, but they've they've had a show on and off in the fall. So I think it's yeah. still pretty I think that's on still... time for what for what, yeah, for Stone what normally do. does over a year. Um, they have added a what's happening page, which I think this is, is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, yes. this they've needed this for a long time. But basically, if you've ordered a design horse, this will tell you where it is in the line from being is it being prepped is it in being paint um is it shipping and like that that's mm, that's smart yes smart 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 yeah they because their production is you know it's it's not line production it's done by artisans mm-hmm. in the sh- in the shop you know and each horse is done super individually um, yeah they they definitely I'm sure the biggest question, biggest thing was getting a barrage of questions where, where's my horse? So oh, yeah, I'm sure. Now you have this. And it's that is stuff. very handy dandy. 
And it's great for transparency, so I oh, applaud yeah. it. Yeah, this is, this, this is good. And then finally, we have the Equilocity schedule. So, um, starting on Thursday, the Stone Horse store opens at the Marion Griffin Gate. Back at the Griffin Gate. Back? Yeah, um, that's been a while since yeah. they've been there. Um, they have a poolside launch party. They have the Artisan's Marketplace. Friday, Stone Store, Art of the Horse, the award ceremony and dinner. Um, Artisan's Marketplace. And Saturday, they're having the store, their ice cream social, and a silent auction. And then there's, I guess, last chance sales on Sunday. But they have Brilliant! A, yeah, they have a nice, easy-to-look-at schedule. That's not too crazy. Drop it all in your, your, your Excel spreadsheets that I know you all are making right now. we have one too so we have one too no shame um and for people that don't know the griffin gate is um not across the street but across the parking lot from the chen yep um where the briar briar fest events go for at night like all of the stuff during the day is at the horse park yeah but at night it's at the the clarion but if you like go to the the gas station that's at the base of the parking lot and continue walking, you're in the parking lot for the Griffin Gate. Right. There's just there's some bushes in between. There used to be a Denny's there, but there's, it got there's no Denny's, and now yeah. it's a parking lot. Yeah. And behind uh, behind the Griffin Gate is a is a is a golf course. So. Yeah. So, check it out. Huzzah! 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 Um, Copper Fox, who. Is, is a back from the dead? Still putting I guess? out stuff. I don't. Know. I don't know. We don't know what's going on with them. We don't understand. We don't understand. I've stopped trying to understand. So, but they see. have a Valentine's Day release, which uh, I guess will be tomorrow, since tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Yeah, this will be over by but yeah. by the time this comes out, but it's but, a pretty red clearware. Yeah, it's a pretty red clearware, long flowy mane. I don't remember if we saw this horse get introduced or not. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know it. if this is a new mold. Oh, it says new. Oh, it says a new mold in Clearware, oh, right? Right on top of the picture. <laughs> so, new I mean, in I capital got... letters, actually. Yeah, right. Reading <laughs> like, comprehension. Like, oh yeah, attention to detail. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So for the foreseeable future, and what's been going on for the last couple of years is they've just been releasing minis in clearware plastic and i i i i'm all for that yeah say i like clearware Um, you know yeah some of their colors are very pretty yeah all right Uh, on to other we have quite a bag of others nice a bag of other a bag of others Leslie Kaufman, who uh, is our resident color expert, we're going to have her on the show too soon. She Excellent. agreed to come do an interview for us, um, has had a spate of creativity and has updated her blog. Um, it's about gray and flea bitten gray this time. She's put up several, um, several blogs that are super helpful for artists when uh, they're painting colors to make them more realistic. The flea bit thing is really interesting oh, yeah, because it talks about series that blogs. there's actually kind of a little bit of a pattern to flea biting. Mm-hmm. So where it's more um, likely to be more prevalent and, you know, how it comes through as horses gray out and stuff like doesn't happen with every horse. But yeah, it's just I I like the way she talks about color because she talks about it like. She's talking about it like an artist, but she's there's all the science right. behind it. I, right. Yeah, and she explains it in like layman's yes. terms right. so you can understand yeah. it. 
And then she's got all the fantastic photos to back it up as illustrations. Yeah. She's such a good illustrator. I just, I, she really, she, I just really groove is. with her illustrations. I love them so much. She missed her calling is like doing horsey books for kids. You know what I mean? Cause it's that I always wish um, like Sam Savitt tripped that trigger in me or, you mm. know, C.W. Anderson. She would have been one of the artists. I would have been like, I love her ponies. <laughs> not that I'm not like that now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up we have uh, from Pony Painter Studios. This is Tracy Calamar. Um, oh my gosh. She auctioned off this medallion. Um, it's the Oracle. I don't remember who sculpted this. Kylie. Kylie, Kylie Parks. Parks. Um, but this is insane. Insane. It's like this, it's a graying horse, and it's like you can see every single individual hair. He has a blue eye. Um, the background is sort of galaxy celestial kind of thing yeah. going on, but it is just it is is just beautiful. Like I I can't believe this is a medallion. Yeah. Watching her go this through. This is a great example of how simple mm-hmm. can be extraordinary. Right. Yeah. Watching her go through her process was just like, how, like, how are you yeah. not mind numbed by it? Like, yeah, I mean, she's I doing just, a, ja- a Jacobus now too. This same. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my God, girl. And he's he's huge. gigantic. He is huge. I, it's like, whoa, <laughs> honk. Yeah, just, um, it's... yeah. I bid early on this medallion. I knew I was going to get frog stomped, but it went <laughs> for like eight hundred bucks, and good for her. Good for her. That is just astounding. I yeah, but this is just gorgeous. This is another example, like we were talking about last show. Is w- just when you think we've hit the zenith, right? There's nowhere to go, right? Human, human, you know, accomplishment has been obtained in painting model horses. You have Coralie, you have Tracy, you have, yeah, um, it's, there's one other painter out there that's just doing, the Bill Barry Bush, just doing crazy stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is amazing. This technique is like Jen said, it's, it's on the surface, super simple, but, but it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. Congrats, Tracy. Seriously. Seriously. Job well done. So next up, we have this little foal. I like this little foal. I am so impressed with this. Yeah. This artist just in general, but this foal and the foal coat on it and the kind of lick rolls in the the coat and stuff like that. The behavior that this foal is is doing. The clapping. Yeah, yeah. the clapping. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy like the the full coat on it the expression on its face kind of the baby colorization all that stuff i find um a lot of people in the hobby that are artists haven't mastered like mm-hmm. bowls are really hard oh, i yeah. think yeah um and this is she just nailed it it looks so good this is oh yeah he's, i just mm. i want to go bite his face <laughs> don't bite his face <laughs> No, anyway, she's a pole. Uh, her name is Hannah, or their name is Hannah. I'm not sure how they identify, but they're out of Poland. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, that's the Russians and the Polish artists are coming for us, man. I'm here for it, man. Like, I it's am fine. here for it. It's fine. Uh, let's see. So, when Heather Bullock was on, she threatened us with a, a, a whole 
she heard of star watches a conga there's eight of them she's working on eight of them at one time i know she's bananas <laughs> she is bananas this is how they look the, the image we're going to link to is this is how they look at day six of nano nano paymo yeah but they're all different colors like radically different colors like there's a gray yeah. there's a palomino there's a chestnut there's a pinto it's there's a cromello i think um there's a roan like heather I l- like who told you this was okay <laughs> i love this though and i know jen had this shenanery going on with her mayor in full her her spanish mayor in full. oh my god and then maggie did it with the welsh Mm. Um, Kylie's done it with, uh, the pony with, uh, tadpole that you have a number of artists or one artist paints a bunch of different colors of it. And I, that just, I'm a color nut. So I'm just like, Oh my God. It's like, just, ah. it's great. It, it's nice for us too. Cause we get to see the colors as well, yeah. but <laughs> then you guys as the buyers get to see them and it's so much nicer than having just the plain white resin. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the worst part is you can't have them all though. I know. <laughs> um, it's also cool to see it in process. Like this is advanced, kind of in the middle of the process, I believe. Like halfway through, she's got the color laid down, probably a couple to three layers of color, and you can see her technique in here and how you know how she's gotten to this point. Because I think people see stuff by you or by Heather Bullock or Mindy, and they you know you know you don't see the in between a lot, and they're like. Uh, you know, quit before they're even done because, you know, I can't achieve that. But like, they all go through their ugly phase, right? Yeah. All of them, and they're usually there for quite some time. <laughs> right. I, I feel like eighty percent is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next up, we have this is this is fascinating. Like Ardith Carlton is a she's a this longtime hobbyist. And she's very into, like, the vintage customs and stuff like that. And she has this, it's this who's who and model horse showing from 1981. And it's very obviously, like, the cover is hand-drawn. The inside is very obviously tight. Typed. On someone's. On typewriter. Yeah, pos- probably an electric typewriter because it's very Oh, neat. yeah, probably. I was, um, I was typing stud damn back then. Yeah, but, like, yeah, so was I. Um, well, actually, 1981, I don't think I was quite, I wasn't showing yet. I think I might have just gotten just about horses. But but she's, there's only, like, the first couple of pages of this. And it's just, it's basically, it's just a, it's just a directory of who was in the model horse hobby at the time. Like, they're yeah. who's who's things. She, she put an ad in a couple of places, like, if, you know, if you do this, get a hold of me. Um, but, like, like, there's names on here I still know. <laughs> Um, some Tommy's of, in here. Some well, yeah. Some of them are like just a name and address. Yeah, it's everybody's addresses too. Like you would never do this now, but um, right. But uh, but she some of them mail are, everybody. Some of them were like pulled out of like like yeah. Tom Bainbridge is in here. He's sixteen. He's a so, baby. And, and the weird thing is, it's like a little bit of a personal ad. Yeah, like, it's age sixteen, single. <laughs> Yes, it's it's funny because there is somebody in there is at least one entry in here that says single with a question mark, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'd like to know the gossip behind that. Um, but yeah, like yeah, Liz Boris is in here. Uh, Sue Bensima, Betsy Andrews, Sue Bensima. She wasn't yeah. Bensima Young yet, but she's in there in in Fort Collins, Colorado. Like yeah, yeah, this is absolutely wild. Lois Bennington, she's still yeah, in the she's hobby. still around. Um. But uh, Kim Bleaker, 
There is one person. There is a woman. There is one in here. Her age. She was sixty-two. And, wow. Um, yeah, and she she got into the hobby through Linda Walter. Yeah, Betty Brown. Yeah. Uh, another fun note is Briar Molding Company's address is in Rockford, Illinois. In this, yep. this is before they moved to New Jersey. Yeah, a long out. time ago. Uh, Bentley Sales is in here too. Like I yeah. just, it's just. It's it only a time up, capsule. Yeah, it's only up to like the seas, but it is like what? It's amazing. I pe- I especially love the touch with the 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 A B. She got a special font in there. She probably yes. had to tape tape them to whatever she mimeographed it. Well, you know, taped it on the the or, original paper. Or or like my my electric typewriter, you had you could change out the the typing ball on it so you had different fonts. It could be that too. That's an awfully big font for a typewriter, but I don't you know. never know. But yeah, it's just it, like it's just amazing. It's a fascinating document. You should look at it. <laughs> just, oh, oh, Kate Cabot's in there as Katie Ballard. How funny she just. Like, oh, I didn't even know Kate's last name before she. Yeah, she well, married. I only know it because she happened to comment on it. Um, she says Katie Ballard is me, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Elkhurst, California so funny we'll have uh, a link to it in the blog so yeah everybody can go so everybody Dang. can go hee hee over it um and then last but certainly not least we have kylie parks kylie parks kylie parks and studio thorn rose doing her thing she's doing her having thing. mojo dojo casa horse 2024 it's going to be a group of like a collection of artists like amanda brock and heather bullock and tracy calamar melanie miller nikki button Kristen Cermelli, Kenzie Williams, Maggie Bennett, and Tiffany Purdy. Yeah, you should stop by. Um, and this is going to be over at the Griffin Gate um, on the evenings of July 11th and 12th. So I think that's just Thursday, Friday? Or is it Friday, so Saturday? That's Thursday, Friday. Thursday, I Friday, okay. Because it's, uh, it's running, it starts the same night that Artisan Galleries does, okay. but it's over, over in the Stone area. So if you yep. tootle over to the Stone area, check them out. Yeah, so it says, they don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout sales events with all our artist friends and planned costumes and bespoke art pieces. I'm terrified. I yeah, would, nothing big, just yeah. costumes just and costumes beautiful and horses. People and... with beautiful horses. So, mm. Do not let me drink and go over there. Yeah, seriously. I'm restrain <laughs> you. I'm going to come out like, <laughs> what happened? We sold the car. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went uh, after our show a couple of years ago and I had slammed like some glasses of wine and went to Artisan's Gallery and bought like four medallions and a Mindy Berg. And well, I woke up the next morning and I was like, what oh did I God. do? <laughs> what did I do? Drunk shopping in person is really Drunk dangerous. shopping. <laughs> really dangerous. Blew my whole budget. <laughs> and then some in one night. Oh my gosh. All right. We're going to take a break and we will be back with Jennifer Scott. Yay. Yay. The Mayor's in Black podcast. All right. We are back and we are going to grill Jennifer Scott. About yeah. Everything about everything. She has a lot Whoa. of stuff to talk about from what Whoa. I've seen. So, um, what you got for me first? Uh, we've had, well, we've had Jen on the show, um, and we're not going to rehash her whole artistic journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would, I would like you to talk a little bit, um, about 
in the last few years, kind of what you've branched into, right? I think, um, I think you've picked up some new skills. I was going to say digital sculpting and really just the digital side of things mm-hmm. in general has, have been happening in the last couple of years. So I went from clay sculpting to uh, ZBrush on my computer, which I have really loved. Mm. You know, that's just expanded technology and um, horizons for me. And then with that came getting more into the um, the printing at the micro minis and then scanning for other artists and printing their pieces as micro minis now. And there is an art to that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just scan the horse, print it in this size. Like there's a lot of steps in between that happen. Um, So that's kind of interesting. There's a a format of things that need to be tweaked. Like ears get bigger, eyes get bigger, crevices get deeper. Um, all for, for the shrinking process, you need it exaggerated, which is really, really cool. Like just the engineering that happens in that kind of geeks me out. So that's my technical side. Right. I love computers and now I get to merge it into the art side and that's, that's been fun. Yeah. So but, Maggie's um, been doing a micro for our club, right. Um, and, uh, for our Patreon and she talks through a lot of that stuff about how, when you shrink them. You know, they have less point. If you're shrinking down, you have to take away points. If you scale up, you have to add points and you have to kind of mm-hmm. exaggerate stuff so that when it shrinks that, you know, it doesn't become, you can't see it anymore. It's too infinitesimal to see the detail. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's intimidating, but it's neat. It is neat. And she's so good at ex- explaining things. Yeah, and of course great. she is the micro queen. Yeah. So like everything that I've picked up, it's from her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hell, Maggie Bennett. Right. So um, what else are you, what are you working on currently? Like, what is your, what is your day-to-day like right now? What aren't you, what aren't you working on currently? (laughs) Um, I work on everything all at once. Currently, my life is has been just casting resins. I have cleaning resins, shipping resins. Like it's all about the production of resins right now. Um, and then that's the other nice thing about the three D printer is it's labor that's not mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get all of these man hours in that I can bill for that actually aren't taking up my man hours. Um, but no, I I have been so February is kind of the painting month. Um, not only with Namo Pamo, but just for me in general, I always come January, February, you have these New Year's happy thoughts of the things you're going to actually do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're still getting done at that time. Right. They haven't sailed out. <laughs> but um, so painting and, and finishing things is a lot of my mindset. Um, it doesn't end that way it tends to be i'm gonna finish this one horse but i'm gonna start six more (laughs) (laughs) the constant artist problem so yeah pretty much so i have you know this year has been a theme on small like i'm i'm really enjoying the venti scale especially for painting because it's large enough where you can feel comfortable getting things in Mm -hmm. but it's not a traditional model, which takes so many man hours. Um, And that's nice for me because I am doing all of the, the main work in the main hour output into the production of resins. 
I sometimes just have like a little 10 minute spot where I can put some paint on a micro and then I can go back to cleaning and then I might have another 10 to 20 minute gap and then I can put some paint on, you know, a venti or whatever. Um, Cause I, I work very quickly with paint. Mm-hmm. So I get that little chance to, to take a break and experiment. So that's been kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly just unpainted resins, cleaning, 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 cleaning. <laughs> Um, so with the, with the, almost, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, nope, so I'm with good. your, I'm you, I know you used to hand sculpt everything. What's your process night like now when you do digital, how, like talk about from inception of the sculpture and sculpting it. And then do you sculpt and then print and then mold and then pour and then clean? Like, how does that work? So the after print process is pretty much the same. Um, because I always had to get a master from the clay and then you would still mold and produce the same afterwards. So it's more the sculpting itself that's changed and the inspiration is still the same. I still see like an image or a picture that I'm just like, oh, that's cool. And then I, I start the concept and I actually start from a sphere and then I'll pull it and tweak it into certain ways. And that kind of gives me a horse-shaped object. Mm-hmm. And then I'll refine it from there. Like my process, the mindset's still the same. Like I'm still starting with the overall perimeter of the horse, um, getting my my guidelines from that. And then I go in and like, think of it like a silhouette. Okay. And then I go in and put the muscle grooves in. So that part is just, I'm not carving down as much as I used to. It's more of an equal rate to carving and plumping up. Whereas in the clay, I was definitely more of a get a block, carve down, there's your course. But it's been really nice with the digital because I find I can get more of a layered look. You know how the muscles kind of like go in and above one another? Mm -hmm. Like I was getting that with clay but the the digital allows me to just do it that much better Interesting. um and i i love how there's symmetry symmetry is the best thing in the world right yep because <laughs> i only have to sculpt one eyeball <laughs> and it just magically happens on the other side right <laughs> um and the other really really nice thing in addition to symmetry that i almost can't live without now is the ability to hide things. So like I can sculpt the tail at front if I want to, like all in the beginning of the sculpture, and then I can hide it and then I can have an unobstructed view to the butt, you know, oh, or cool. the back leg that it right. might have been hiding, yeah. Um yeah, so I can flip pieces upside down and get a whole view of the horse whereas the clay I had the rod from the armature that would get in my way. Right. Um Maybe not even visually, but it might have impacted my ability to get the tool in there yeah. okay. to sculpt to that area. So that has been like the access to the sculpture, the entirety of the piece. That's been magic. Um, what was the you know, learning curve like for you? You know, because I fussed around with computers yeah. as a kid, like I was always drawing and painting and Photoshop. Um, and I had a course it was 3D Max, but it was yeah. still working with 3D kind of stuff um, in college. 
because uh, I went for graphic design. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew stuff, but I did take a video course, yeah. um, like an online education class. And I swear to goodness, it was the first 60 hours were just devoted to brushes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was so intense. And I it was highly worth it because it allowed me to to kind of know what I was doing so I could at least tread water and then it was just play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what I did at first was I would actually take a scan of one of my sculptures and then just try out all the brushes on top of it. And that allowed me to see it in horse context. Okay. You know, what did what um, and what would give me the desired effect. And then after a while, once I kind of, knew what things did more or less and this took a little while um like I think I spent a year just fudging around on previous sculptures um like Arcturus was a clay piece that was in progress not finished that got scanned in and he was done kind of half and half Hmm. um he was finished digitally so that was kind of cool and then I could take what I learned and then I did the jorts sculpture which was the remaster of levi um that allowed me to just kind of do a half step and then i felt comfortable enough after all that to do a full step into start with a sphere of polygons and make it look like a horse (laughs) do you miss do you miss the physicality of it at all I used to. Um, what I have found I now enjoy more than I used to as well is the molding where I have to clay up. So that's where I get the tactile sensation of pushing clay around and working with the metal tools and making lines. And obviously it's not as intense as making a horse sculpture, but it still right. gives me that sensation um, in the work with clay. And I have to say, the more I'm doing it, like the longer I go, I actually enjoy not working with the clay as much um just because my hands stay cleaner mm-hmm. um like I don't I hate things getting underneath my nails yeah. so there's like I have no white on my nails that they're always clipped down to nothing and I can still get like hay squashed up in there and it it just yeah. it's like nails on a chalkboard mm-hmm. for me I just ooh, I don't like that feeling so I maintain a hundred percent being a, a, a graphic like a digital artist because I don't like my hands being messy so well that's the weird thing i usually don't mind my hands being messy but the under the fingernails is one of them and clay likes to get up in there um and and just the smell of sulfur Mm -hmm. um my it's like garlic breath you no matter how many times you brush your teeth there's still that hint of it (laughs) yeah so no matter how many times you wash your hands there's still that odor and uh, my husband appreciates me not sculpting in sulfur clay anymore. <laughs> you don't have to worry about vampires, though. No. But it, it's been an interesting journey. And I, I really, the there's a traditional piece of me that kind of misses it. But it's it's growing weaker and weaker and weaker the more things I achieve with the digital. Mm-hmm. So would I recommend it for people who are just starting out? not necessarily because I think you have to develop your eye Mm -hmm. and that's a 3d process. I think you really need an actual 3d object in front of you to get the planes and the depth properly. 
Whereas, you know, in the computer, you're sculpting a 3D object, but you're looking at a 2D object. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to imagine that. Now, I've already got the memory of what 3D pieces and what depth and all that does. But for somebody who doesn't, I think it might be a little bit of a struggle. Like they might need to print their masters more so they can see how that translates. Whereas my brain is able to do that automatically. Yeah. So I do think that that's the one downfall of the the 3D sculpting in the computer. So what is upcoming? Can you give us any hints for what is on the way? There's so have... much. <laughs> There's so There's much. So much. Um, lots of new sculptures. I always have new sculptures because the other nice thing about the digital is that it's just like, oh, I'm sitting at my computer. I might just do a little fussing here and there. And excuse me i can watch my anime while i'm doing it so i i get my (laughs) it's it's really nice to kind of soft open the day with that so i'll have my cup of coffee my anime series for the week up and then you know my my uh, zbrush window going as well um but new sculptures i did share a peek on my facebook studio page if everybody wants to see those peaks uh that is aspen leaf studios and it's got my name on it as well um so you know it's me and it's a picture of an aspen leaf. And one of those is it's a um, customized version of the preset, the Spanish mm-hmm. mares. Yeah. So it's classic scale because I love that scale and I keep looking for more things to do. And just having the different scale is nice to separate the additions just that much more. And this one... I. You know, the thing about the the Spanish horses, like the the Andalusians and the Lusitanos, it people either love the roached mane and tail, the shaved uh, hair, or they don't, and they want the full hair experience. And so with the classic scale, because the traditional versions had the, the traditional look of the Spanish horses, um, I figured with the classic scale, I'd go full hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of nice um it makes the breed like they're still very much recognizably spanish but it also gives you that ability to make crosses out of them you know if you have a horse that kind of resembles that breed it might be a little curvy uh might be a little not quite overweight but you know (laughs) a little fluffy um she's still they have that kind of roundness to them um that it's it's been softened more i think with the addition of the the wavy hair yeah um so and they're very sweet like i wanted to i'm not a cutesy person i tend to be very disciplined with what my sculptures are like they can be dynamic but they're usually like performance horses in a controlled Mm -hmm. movement you know i'm not i'm not one of those like wild and free creators um, I have mad respect for those people, but I, I noticed in my own work, I'm more stayed and steady. So I wanted something that kind of branched out a little bit more emotionally. And that's what this, this mare and foal are having a very sweet moment as they, you know, sniff each other um, and touch noses. Mm. And it's it's very cute. And I'm very pleased with how that came out. Um, traditional sculpture wise, because I like to get at least one out a year. I have the companion horse to cover girl, yeah. which I'm very excited about. Her name is Maybelline. She already came pre-named. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but she'll be, uh, because CoverGirl was in the trot, she'll be in the canter. And it's just, it's again, that dynamic movement that's in a very controlled fashion, um, kind of that harnessed power, which I love. Uh, but she's she's really pushing me as an artist. Like I wanted to get, you know, the the trap with digital sculpting is you can make it look very digital. Like it, you know what I mean? There's there's just that like, oh, you sculpted that on the computer look. You do, you miss the the hand feel, the touch of of the tool, you know, right. the, the carving. Yeah. So with the digital, I, I really wanted to kind of do that more like so i'm not smoothing out the tool strokes um i'm using different brushes and and actually leaving like a stroke of that in there to just give it more of that traditional vibe um so this piece is going to have the perfectionism that we all really want but the looseness and freedom of art which i thought was really really cool so i'm, I'm pretty excited about that and i'm gonna get Mindy to do your favorite thing, Heather, with the whole one uh, of colors just for kill, us. Just kill, kill me us now, now please. <laughs> wow. She does such great work. She and, does. and honestly, her photos are incredible. So yeah. it's yeah. it's really nice for us as a marketing scheme to have something like that. Like it it's just fantastic. And then of course I personally just love to see it too. Mindy's one of my favorites. Um and she does she does all the colors well. She does. She does. Uh, and then we've got some venti things, and I'm not going to tell you about those, but eh. y'all are going to die. <laughs> but um, no, and then probably at the end of the year, I'll have to figure out a micro something. So we'll see. Oh my gosh. But uh, I really. And then lots of paintwork speckled in. I really love that you're doing more medallions. Like the spring showers almost fell out of my chair. It was so cool. Especially she is with the. So much better in person. With the color shift in the background brilliant so yeah there there's so much depth in that piece um and the photos don't really capture the layering but i really wanted that experience of of translucency of the water so like it's got some pearl tones um some gloss here and there some semi-gloss here and there and like the crest of the water has a little bit of the gleam of the pearl, but then so do other areas in there. So it's almost like when you spray with a hose, it's not just a solid sheet of water. Yeah. Like you get the light gleam in different places. Um, and then, yeah, I, I loved the color shift. I had seen so many of the artists using stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that looks fun. And just play. the gradation. Yeah. Just the gradation was just that much more rather than because it's a big medallion so you didn't want just a steady block of color yeah. um so the gradation worked well and and with the weight of you know the lightness of the water making the arc in this capturing the light and then the heaviness of it falling to the ground it kind of all plays off of that but really the beauty in that piece can only be appreciated in person because of the layering of sheens sure um, sure but yeah, it, it it's a cool piece. Like it's it's big, so you can really just take your time and roam your eye around it, um, and not be bored. It, it was neat. Like Sarah did a fantastic job, and I love painting her medallions. Yeah. But I just got one. They've been fantastic. I can't remember the name of it, but it just came out. It just shipped to me, and I don't know what size I thought it was going to be. But it's like this big. It's a you know <laughs> profile of a horse. Yeah, the back, the tail, and everything, and it's like. It was like there's one that looks like bookends. That's the horse head up, head down. 
like yeah huge like dang sarah they're substantial yeah. she's she's like so the rest of us are going small sarah's going big yeah oh yeah <laughs> like but it's been cool she's been really both she and kylie push the envelope on medallions yeah, totally I I wanted to tell you that I was super. Also, speaking of Sarah, I was super jealous that you have a Fergus in hand because I know it's so, so I dope. Got that, I got that as a quest reward. Um, let's put it that way. Like <laughs> I've helping her with <laughs> her her internet stuff, um, her marketing stuff, like her newsletter, like all the geeky tech side of things. Right. Um, I've been assisting her with that and, and he was my quest for war. So <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do a whole thing. Like I asked her because I love sharing. I'm like, can I, can I send like put photos of in progress or, you know, will you, do you want me to keep this a secret? And she's like, no, no, share away. So that was cool nice. of her because I have two of them ah! just to make you even more what? jealous. <laughs> One is going to be a black silver dapple and he's still in prep work stage, but I can't wait for him to. And then the Palomino. So that pose that he's doing, that looking backwards pose, my mayor Ivy does that all the time. So it's like, I have to put a really light dappled tawny Palomino on that one. (laughs) That is like one of my favorite poses. Jackie will tell you, I absolutely love a, love a horse looking like Estella or Genevieve or, you know, I just like, Oh, and this one is so cute he's small he's round i love his mane and tail yeah and that's his mane and tail is like it's like spellbounds um it's that subtle you know kind of wavy sheet of mane so it'll be really fun to paint the detail in there so uh, tell me about where you're at with china stuff like i I know it's it, China <laughs> stuff is really sporadic for you. I've noticed. So do you have any it plans is, in that area? I know you did the medallion with Kylie. That was a China release. Yeah. And I've got a medallion um, with Sarah, actually, that is going to be a challenge that release once I can dig out my kiln. Because <laughs> right now it's got um, wood for the home reno stuff in that bay it's got about 400 boxes and shipping and packing materials like we need to get a shed for that and get it out it, it's just oh it it's buried um and because it produces so much heat you really don't want those buried yeah <laughs> yeah i was like don't burn your <laughs> house down Jen. using them yeah right um but no it, it's been one thing like now that i'm getting back into the painting the glazing has been the next step and i have a lot of in progress pieces that are this close to being completed and that whole January, February complete things mm-hmm. thing <laughs> working, not working. <laughs> um, it makes me want to glaze. So I'm, I'm going to have to figure out stuff, but I think probably come Briarfest time, I'll be able to um, have that cleared out enough where I can get to it and get pieces in it and fire it safely. But yeah, that's, it's, just been so much focus on the production of resins that I haven't had the time for China. Right. Someday, mm. someday soon, hopefully, because I do love it. I love the medium so much. I'm putting, I'm putting a bug in your ear for a China Arcturus. Shut up. He, I wonder. I'd have to do the Hunter version. Yes, please. Because <laughs> killing me, small. No complaint. Because <laughs> I think the mane and the tail. Like they'd have to either be edited. There's way too many undercuts for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but the the hunter is pretty clean. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And he's he's got he's got four down, right? Four feet down. I think so. Um, I have a little venti around here. I know he's got three down, and I think the toe is down on the fourth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That he just barely had his toe. And it might be up. Oh, it's up, but like not by much. Yeah. So that could be something that'd be altered a little bit if it needed to. Um, he stands pretty stably, so I, I bet he'd work actually very well for China. Okay, mm. nice. I'll just add that to my to do list. Nice, just Heather. put it on there. <laughs> Killing me, 20, 2060. We understand. <laughs> my to do list is like this long. <laughs> so let's transition. I keep adding to it. Let's transition a little bit. We talked a little bit about um, the interview beforehand, and you mentioned that you really wanted to talk through the artist experience of finding your comfort level with media and with uh, with what works the best for um, developing artists and how they should really try a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. what are your yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, I was just going to say that is the key is I see a lot of people that because everything's new, they want to somehow make it all obtainable. And so they stick with one little medium to try to do everything. Um, and I think that that actually ends up biting them in the bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> that it really is amazing to work with all of the mediums, <laughs> everything, um, everything, just throw it all in there. Uh, but really they, they all have something that they do really, really well. So it's something that I always try to encourage people to experiment with. Cause you know, art is about play, like. There's so many people that will sit there and spout, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't. And so much of that does not apply to model horses. Um, They're talking about fine art for things that are going to last 200 years, like probably not our resins and plastic, (laughs) if if I'm honest. Um, But so to me, art is about finding your rebellious stage um, and, and really just having fun and seeing what things do and just learning by experimenting. Yeah. Because even when something doesn't go the way you had planned, it still does something and that something might work for you in a different time. So it's, there's no failure at all. Like it, it just, you gain knowledge with every single experiment. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Um, I, I just, I cannot preach this enough to find out what works for everything. Um, beginner wise, I do think acrylics can be a little tough because of their drying time. I know that there's some open acrylics, like Golden has an open medium, uh, or not medium, but an, an actual open line of acrylics. And they last, I think, like three hours. Oh my gosh. Um uh-huh. And that's that's working time. And then you can open it by like they're just coming out with this. Um, and it is the line is called open acrylics. Um, and they have like a medium that you can put on that'll reopen them if you're not too far past the time, but they'll take like overnight, like 24 hours to dry. So wow. they say that it it's more reminiscent of oil. Um like to me, that's too much drying time for acrylic. Like it loses what I love most about it, which is the quick drying right. time. Like when I need a quick 
dash of color, like white markings. White markings, I would only do in acrylic because I am not like white in oils takes to dry although i just got some fast drying white and i want to try what that looks like <laughs> i saw the um, scuttlebutt but... going around about that online like oh fast drying right oils <laughs> i'm very excited because oils are my favorite like get the bulk of the color on and and i think they're very friendly to beginners because the open meat like the open time can be overnight or several days or it can be I mean, if you put as much dryer as I do in it, it can be like 30 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, don't recommend that one unless you really know what you're doing. Uh, but it, it's very forgiving and they flow together so nicely that you just have to, as with every medium, you just have to make sure you're not over thickening things. Mm -hmm. Like thin is the key. Um, but oils are very forgiving. You can even go a little thicker with them. Like you don't have to do like glaze Thin, like really just a paper's breadth of, of paint thin you can get a little bit more on there um so it works for texture too if you need that effect or if you're covering a little bit of texture uh, a little bit of thick is not the right word but but an actual you're painting a layer of paint mm -hmm. um and then you can you can use a, a blending brush to make it smooth uh, so they have some some forgiving qualities to them. Mm -hmm. I really recommend them. And you don't have to deal with graininess. Like most people, the the beginners struggle the most with getting hair in their paint um, and getting brush strokes. Yep. So yeah, Heather, you told me about the uh, the hair and the tip with the hair, because I have two St. Bernards and they are all over this basement. There are hair along my baseboards, like it's all over it me. It floats in the I air sometimes, them. and I'm like, damn you're, it. You're not going to escape it. Like, <laughs> and I don't have any fancy, fancy, like, boxes to hold my, you know, to encapsulate right. my horses as they dry. And I, I also, I kind of wonder about those. Like, I want to see if they affect anything because, like, airflow is important to dry. Yeah. So I was always curious about that. But anyway, the trick is not to touch it. Like, to just let it happen. And it sits so lightly on the surface that the next day when it's dry to the touch, you can just rub it right off. Oh, um, I see. But the, the, yeah, the temptation is to like take your brushes and try to yeah. scrub it out. And what you've done is just put it deeper into the paint. And now when you try to remove it by scraping it out, you've left like the divot. So it's like a fossil in your paint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now you've got to fix that. So yeah, the trick is not to touch it. And for some reason, because I, I wish I could like explain what happens, but the more proficient you get, like the less lint that just happens. Like I with China painting, I used to get lint in my paint all the time. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. And now I've just noticed that there's not as much there. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing. I know um one easy thing to do too is keep your paper towels or whatever you're wiping your brush on clean. I have yeah, a new paper sure. towel most of the time. And also look at your paintbrush before you put it onto the horse. You know, if it's got a big old cat hair or dog hair, take it off. <laughs> I think that's what, that's what happened with my Namo Paymo horse. I'm pretty sure that, um, that the brushes were new out of the box, but I was in a hurry and I didn't rinse them beforehand. Mm. So. Well, and like you're saying, the hair is just floating through the air. Yeah. So like as you're painting the horse, it might float into your paint pile. Yeah. 
Where? And then you take your brush in there and the hair is now attached to your brush, which then you put the brush to the horse. Now it's attached to the horse. Right. One of the like, issues, I, I find that a lot. One of the issues is Sam has these little fine double coat squiggly hairs. You know, like some yeah. of the cats just have yeah. big, like hollow, the, the, the tabby cats do, right? They, their hair is intentional. Sammy drives me crazy. They have intentional hair. Because <laughs> you'll look down and you'll just see this like thin little the squiggly little in there, yeah. and I'm like, Rah! that's what that's what we have too. Are the squigglies? Oh, they look so like a Harvard annoying. monitor. Yeah, intentional hair. I like that. I know. I'm, I'm still hair. chuckling over that. Um, I, there's a little bit of bitterness in that. <laughs> I I think I've tried everything at least once. I think I agree with you on acrylics drying too fast and i've noticed steph bringing to the conversation gel and extenders and i Absolutely. heard about I the, the open um the open um acrylics will be a game changer i think i never tried oils before because they were so intimidating to me with the you know the turpentine and the linseed oil and the you know I was the drying time made them so it is just drying time and and the solvents used, like the cleaning method. It just sound it just sounds harder. I think a lot of hobbyists just think when they think pastels, it's like all I need a brush and some pan pastels. With acrylics, all I need is golden and a brush. With with oils, there's a bit more preparation. Yeah. And and but there's really not. So there's a, just th- oil I'm not saying it's true. I'm there's, saying that there's been a whole thing about because there was a whole discussion the other day about solvents and oil paints and what's dangerous and whatever. And I, the takeaway I was coming from that is you can just use soap and water to clean your oil paint brushes. You can, yeah. you can. Um, I think you need to like. So I've done that. Um, and. I take like, I like liquid soap, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. you can't use a bar soap, obviously, yeah. um, but a little bit of liquid soap. And then you scrub on your hand and, and she's probably going to frown about that. So you might, and if you're worried, you whatever. can use a glove. Yeah, right. um, I'm probably one of the more lax people about things, but I've been doing this since I was 13. And I know, like, I, I haven't had any sensitivity to anything. Um, now there's going to be a bunch of people like, you can't do that. And they would keel over if they see what I do in the studio, but I have the little jar of mineral spirits and I've been fine with it. Now I'm again, not sensitive to that. And I don't sit there with my nose and go, you know, into it. But like, I think that's just, there's a level of awareness you have to have, but then there's like, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, You know, there's, there's a lot of scare tactic out there. Um, but so many of the hobby artists, like, we we just, we don't worry about it as much as we probably should, but we've yeah. been fine. So that's. Well, and, and that's what anyway, I mean. I you think can't wash with soap we, and water. You just do it a few times. You talk scare to, I think it's perception more than it is reality or getting comfortable with the medium. And I think for as long as I've been in the hobby, oils has been considered tougher than everything else. Which I would argue the hardest thing I've ever actually worked with is a friggin' airbrush. Yeah. Like yes. just yeah. level of frustration. And I had a nice airbrush and that thing would clog every five minutes. And and oh, I got a lesson. Fun. I got a lesson from Pam Hutton, who could make an airbrush sing and dance. And she shaded a horse's face with a micron, right? Like a Pam Hutton detail, right? Like she would go back and put yeah. in whisker bumps and stuff like that. 
but it was, it was just amazing. And she learned that from airbrushing wildlife pictures and what she made Good. look so easy. I would just be like, and a big thing of paint would come well, out. That's you know, the thing. Like, the amount of motor control you'd have to have yeah. with that airbrush and the muscles you would have to develop in your forearm, wrist and hand, like to utilize that control. Like that's a skill set that would need a while to develop. Bend the needles and clog the needles and you have to have a compressor. Yeah. It was just, you talk about really and high the right flow, like yeah. the medium of the paint. Yeah. Not that it's not a valid. Yeah, they're finicky. Because obviously my, she's one of my favorite painters and it's totally a valid medium, but it has a big learning curve. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, look at like Carolyn Boydston is a great airbrush oh, yeah, artist. Like the things that she can do. Um, and, and it's a fantastic thing. Like I actually love it to do touch up with. <laughs> so if I've got like a little spot on the piece and I want it to blend in, like the airbrush is great to just match the color and it does the blending for me. Or um, there's, there's a nice kind of like, I actually love it glazing wise because it's a thin layer and I can get it as thick as I want. Like you can build up glazing a little bit differently than you can in, in solid paint. but it covers the brush strokes, which is nice. So like if you have a paint job and this would be applicable to cold painting as well, if you have something that's got like streaks in the paint, you know, a little bit mm -hmm. of a hit with an airbrush might put enough pigment on there that hides the streaks. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it's handy and it's fast for base coating. Yeah, um, that's what I've heard. That, like it's great for base coating. It's like <laughs> if it's not clogged and you're spending an hour trying to unclog <laughs> right? it. Maybe not. <laughs> you talk about maintenance. You talk about maintenance discipline. That's one place where if you don't yeah. maintenance and clean your stuff after every use, you're, you're it's going to clog up on seize up on you. Yeah, and that's another one for the safety people because that's like an airborne solvent that yeah. you were literally spraying out. Um, they have cups, and I do recommend these if you have an airbrush. They're kind of like the the Mona Lisa oils cups with the little you know cleaner brushes. It's the same concept, but they've got it's an enclosed space, and they've got like a little input mm -hmm. that you stick the airbrush into, and so it's filtered and everything, so you can spray all that in like not out in the open, which is great. Um, so highly recommend that if you are airbrushing. Mm. But yeah, there's the airbrushing to me is the hardest as well. Um, but there's there's something the pigment is probably the next hardest because of like you're saying the grain, like it it doesn't have a binder. The pan pastels kind of do. They have a binder in them, which makes them easier. But it's still not like a fluid medium that has enough binder that it is now a fluid. Um, to to help make all those little paint particles and pigment particles smooth, yeah, like they they just go on more evenly. But because it's in the size of a brush, you know that you have to learn how to blend your brush strokes. Yeah, and but. that's what that blows my mind about Nikki and Mindy. You know, they use a lot of pastels. It's and Nikki especially her her technique is very smooth and very yes uniform and i'm like how the heck do you do that <laughs> she actually i believe has started using some acrylic um both hand painted and airbrush so and i know mindy uses oils as well and and that is amazing too because not only is there something that each medium can teach you but they really have their own strengths. So like sure. the pastels, they're easier to blend. 
Um, what I love to do is on top of my oil layers, I love pigment because you get this soft effect, but you still have this really nice strong base of color underneath with the oils. And the addition of even more pigment on top of that, it's a very similar color tone. You can't just jump from like red to black. Right. Um, but it, it brings the piece to another level. Um, so I highly recommend mixing media. Like that's another taboo people think of, and there's no such thing. I put yeah. everything on top of everything. Yeah. Um, and I use the sealer in between. <laughs> <laughs> have been for, for over 20 years now. Um, and I've not had any problems. Yeah. And I know Melanie and I were discussing that because she puts everything on top of everything as well. Um, and, and it's just, like I said, there's there's rules that really don't apply to model horses. Like there's just experiment, find what works, find what doesn't, because there will be chemical reactions between some things. Um, but I know I use Krylon primer, um, have for a while, and I use pretty much exclusively the red one. Mm -hmm. and um the white was too chunky the gray i don't mind either i just i like the red for horse colors right. it makes it yeah. a lot easier because some like if it's a chestnut i don't even have to base coat uh, and i think heather bullock's the same way she doesn't base coat she uses the red primer but um i lost where i was going <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh the dull coat pretty much works with everything like i have not had any chemical reactions knock on wood um, but that seems to be a pretty stable combination yeah. um, for everything. Like I've done pigment on top of the primer. I've done acrylic on top of the primer. I've done oil on top of the primer. Like I've, I've mixed the order and it doesn't seem to have a problem no matter what that order is. Do you have thoughts on progression? Like what colors, obviously, you know, like bay and chestnut are good starting points, but... If somebody wants to kind of step forward in their technique, do you kind of have a roadmap for people that are starting out to think about what to move to next? Like if they, they conquer, you know, chestnut, which is obviously base color, black's a base color, right? Black's de deceptively hard to do at, at a level, but you know what I mean. So it's actually, I think what makes different colors easier and harder is actually the translucency of the paint like red pigments that you would find in chestnut and bay horses cover very well very quickly so you don't need as much work or time to get them to the final color um, and because everything is kind of red toned the even if you apply yellows and browns on top of it it all still retains a horse looking color like it's believable and black is kind of the same way. The challenge with black is getting enough shading that it doesn't look like a flat black. Um, what I would probably move to next is maybe like a Gruya or Dunn. Um, something that's a little bit the same as the black and the red, but just enough outside of it where you're gonna expand um, your color palette and see how those those colors blend with each other. Uh, buckskins and palominos, I would save until after that. And the reason being yellows are very transparent and their tones 
tend to shift. Like you can find very green yellows. Oh yeah. Oh which yeah. Is mostly the case. And it's amazing how quickly your horse will start to look like baby poop. Yeah. Um, even so- even if it looks good <laughs> in certain lighting, I've gone to shows, especially with fluorescent lighting, and I'm like, and, and you, pull the, you pull the horse out of like, the box, oh. and you're like, well, that's not placing today. Not today. <laughs> yeah. So they're hard because I almost think that they require some layering. Like if you've got a green toned yellow, you might need a red toned layer on top of that to kind of cut that down. So now you're working with more color theory. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why those colors tend to be harder. Um, and then the colors like roans and pintos and stuff, uh, they are they're not necessarily harder because you can have a bay pinto, but it's just time um the rones they're fun to play with you can do a number of different techniques and then it's just finding the which one you like so it'll take you a lot of time to figure out which one you like best um and it might not all be on one model and that's important for people to know that like don't expect the one model to come out exactly like you'd hoped it to be um but don't you know, dismiss that model because it didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it still gave you input, which right. I find invaluable, but, and keep it around, you know, keep it around for an example or keep it around digitally, like with photos that you saved. So you can always kind of come back to it uh, and then work on a new piece and see what that does for you. Um, the silvers, it depends. Like some of the, um, the new, like the buckskin silvers, uh, they have a, a, weird tonal shift to them uh so they again would fall more into the color theory uh they have less they have no red basically in them um the base silvers kind of do uh but they might be another one more difficult but i do think anything yellow toned is going to be the hardest yeah yeah and and grays grays are it depends on how you go about them, but they are my personal challenge. <laughs> the yeah. And I think it's because you have, you're at the very end of the light and dark scale. You are white and you are black. Yeah. And you have all of that in between that you need to make work where you want it to work. Well, and I So think- wet on wet is a lot harder. You'd probably want to do those yeah. more like dry pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start talking about roans and grays and you start talking about, um, and pentos even, there's um, a realism factor on top of just the color, but the actual patterning that has to be correct. Yes. And you should always look at a photo. Always. Like it is, even now, like I've painted hundreds of pintos and Appaloosas and roans and it, it just... Even little face markings, I still look at photos because they're just, you can't go wrong. And there's always that one little thing that the expert might look at and be like, oh, she improvised right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so. true. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that, that, um, and I won't name names, but we had a pattern that got copied from one artist to another production or something out there and and they were like well i you know just it's just pinto same reference except yeah the artist came up with it and it's like that is not how it works right it's like a fingerprint yeah you know yeah yeah you can combine patterns once you understand the principles behind them 
um, and that will give you a unique look. But yeah, I mean, you do run that risk of actual like finding the same reference because we're all oh. looking on Google. But yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. That was like, what was it? Best customs? They all, everybody did the same buckskin. The saddle, saddle yeah, the buckskin saddlebread. <laughs> I bet you were like, that's amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it was really I, cool. That was wild. And I love, I love the message behind it too. Like you can all do the same thing and not freak out about it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like I could tell that one was done by so-and-so. This one over here was done by that person. Yeah. Like that's where style comes in. Right. Let's transition to your real horses. Um, I, I honestly you thought I talked before. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I give you a lot of guff about, do you sleep and all that kind of stuff? But I really honestly am in awe of you working full time, almost doing art full time. And then having horses that you're showing, you're trying to improve your own riding. You're trying to bring them up in the ranks. Talk a little bit about how you started. Cause I, you had backyard ponies for a long time. I still do. <laughs> right. But talk about how you decided to, you know, your road into transitioning to actually competitive riding. Honestly, it was finding the horse that could finally do the job soundly. Um, Rocky was the first one. And Rocky was a little tadpole and we started training him. And the problem was I was also a little tadpole and we both, kind of went up the levels at the same time. So Rocky knew exactly where all of my weaknesses were. And um, he taught me a lot, but it got to the point where he was, one, he was a dressage pony. He can't think fast enough for the jump. Um, we tried eventing him and it just didn't just... work out. He, he gets very anxious. <laughs> he, he likes to, we call it scratch and sniff. Um, yeah. He likes to go up to the jump roll it around kind of with his foot, put his face all over it. And then he'll go over it. And he has to do this like every time, every jump. So it doesn't work for eventing. No. Um, but he was a great dressage pony. And he was honestly a fantastic instructor because he would not do the things unless you asked properly. And and I have a full-time trainer that works with him. He actually is now owned by Shelly because- Oh, I didn't know that. Those two. Yeah, so this was recent. Um, I think come October, he became officially Shelley's. Nice. So it, I'm actually quite pleased with this because it got to the point where I wasn't riding him as much. Like, and this is, might be skipping the gun because I'm on pony number four now is over there. And I'm having so much fun with her that I wasn't, I was noticing like he would kill my confidence in ways doing all those little tricks that I was telling you sure. about, like mentioning. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, Shelly injured herself. She came off her horse and broke her collarbone. So she ended up not being able to ride him for quite some time. And I thought that between her husband, Michael, who's our, our main trainer and myself, we could keep him fit enough for her to be you know, ready to go second level when she got back. And Rocky just was like, no, I don't you think are so. not allowed to allow me. Like, I asked for canter and I got bucks, mm. like constant bucking. And it was just like, why? We just started butting heads more and more. And I started doubting myself in the riding. And they are so beautiful together. And it got to the point where it's just like, you know, this isn't fun anymore. So I'm going to 
like he he does so well with you and she loves him like she absolutely loves him and takes the best care of them so they are now together and i love it i get to watch them because he's nothing's really changed like he's still my baby boy he's still there right and i get to groom for her you know help saddle him whatever at the shows i'm there to support him so it's great he's not really left my life but the second horse which happened was ivy and ivy is rocky's half sister same dad and she was going to be a fantastic event for but it actually ended up where she got pedalasciitis, which Mm, is basically inflammation of the bone in the foot. So the coffin bone is is inflamed. Yeah, I remember you were having soundness issues with her, but I didn't realize that's what it ended up being. Yeah, we tried Osphos, um, which is a medication that there's, and and Jackie, you might be able to help me out with this. There's like two cell processes in the bone. One takes down the bone, one builds up. Yeah, so when you're, all right, so to come at this from the angle of you're repairing bone, because this is where it comes from. When you break a bone and you're healing, the bone is remodeling and you actually, you end up making more than you need. And then you kind of have these other cells, which are called osteophytes. I think these are also involved in cat teeth, like cats with resorptive lesions on their teeth. These are the, t- the cells that are involved in that uh, osteodontoclast. Um, and they bring the bone, the ex- excess bone down. So you have kind of, you know, you have the ones that are kind of healing things up and then once come back, comes back and remodels everything. And, uh, that's all I can speak to. Cause I haven't touched a horse professionally in a quarter of a century now. So, and, and, this didn't and the exist idea then. with this medication, yeah. yeah, this is somewhat new. Um, the idea with the medication is it inhibits the cells that break the bone down. Mm-hmm. And so you have this rebuilding of bone, um, which didn't help. We were hopeful because there's been like, there's a horse at the barn that had the same problem and they ended up being sound for riding. And it just got to the point, like we were riding her, we switched saddles because she'd gained so much weight and she went up a tree and we thought that was the problem, but it was like, no, she's still foot sore and still uncomfortable. And to me, you know, this is my heart horse. Like I love this mare. Uh, and to me, it wasn't worth the questioning, like, is she sore? Is she in pain? Yeah. You know, what is she feeling? Because this mare would have walked off a cliff for me. She would have questioned me, you know, like, do you really want me to do this? But she would have done it. Um, so I, I just said, no, you can be the professional at home baby nanny. And she has been excellent. She is an alpha with so much sense. So she takes care of all of the babies, like the two young ladies that I had, she raised Mm -hmm. and it's fantastic Um, because what I was saying in human tongue, she was saying in horse tongue and we would gang up on the babies and teach them manners. And And then, uh, so baby number one, who I've actually had since she was eight month old, because I love babies. um, She went to the barn for training and she, this is Indy and, um, we just started with, we didn't have a jump saddle because, you know, you can do both, but I figured let's just go with the dressage and we'll buy the jump saddle later when we're ready. Um, and so she was back there and she actually ended up, she was there for quite some time. And um, we were starting to like, we took her as a non-compete to some of the shows, mm-hmm. uh, but she actually was an idiot and was one of the, like the super playful ones. Like she has a brain. She just doesn't like to use it. Um, and so she likes to run around and she would always fall. Oof. 
That's always. Good. And like it would scare Shelly to death. Yeah. Yeah. Shelly's just like taking a peek and she's like, does she do this all the time? I was like, oh yeah, she she's always falling. Well, it turns out she had some soft cartilage in the stifle. So she actually got prostrate injections. Mm. But meantime, while she's, you know, now off, you know, because she's unsound, she's she's on the DL. I had Lark and sent Lark to be trained. And um, Lark has just been the best. Like she has been game for everything. And I think Indy will be too. Like Indy's ready to come back. I just, I figured while she's been off, I'll breed her first and then bring her back into work. But Lark has, um, she's a 14-1 round little thing. She looks just like Ivy. Uh, My husband cannot tell the two of them apart. (laughs) (laughs) Men. (laughs) He, He literally, well, it's not just him. It's actually all the barn too like when i bring ivy down for her teeth floating or something they're like oh you've got mark i'm like no no this one's ivy <laughs> but um just it, as a side fun. note jen has morgans i don't think we mentioned that yeah. i do i have foundational bread morgans um so they are more of the old school type the short rounds rocky was the biggest at 15 one rocky's so like typey i love pounds. him so much he's so oh typey. he's he's gorgeous like he is the morgan poster child yeah. like he's just beautiful um Lark is got probably one of the prettier heads. Uh, and she's she's typey too. Like Ivy has the best kit. They all have their own little thing. Um, but Lark has the attitude. She is so game for everything. So she has been so much fun because she's really laid back. Like we joke that the muscle she flexes the most is her nap muscles <laughs> because she's out there face down on you know the field sleeping all day long. <laughs> you get her in under tack and she wakes up and she's just like you do not have to promote energy in this horse you are more maintaining it and calming it because she's just like what are we doing (laughs) and um she loves jumping which has been great um so basically i finally because i've always wanted to event but long story short i finally found my event horse um we're we're still hopeful (laughs) indy yeah (laughs) we're still hopeful that indy will be one too um we just like I said, while she's been off, I'm going to breed her. We missed last year because we had some some other things that came up around the wrong time. So we were too late. Uh, but this year, we're going to start earlier. Um, so hopefully we have little baby horses. I'm so excited More babies! But yeah, meantime, we get Lark. Um, we've been doing a couple of the clinics. So like Dom Shram has come a few times and he's coming again in March, which I'm very excited for. It's going to be the weekend before Briar West. So I can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she's just, she loves jumping. She's very quick. Like her brain is, she's smart. Like she picks up on things really quick, but she's able to think fast, Yeah, which is great. And in something you need for an event horse because things come up quickly mm. at a full gallop, you know, and they need to be able to react and react well. And she's got a lot of sense to her too. So it's, I always feel pretty safe. Now, sometimes she trips on her face trying to get the blade of grass because she's food. She's like a hobbit. You know, she wants, <laughs> 11 Z's and second breakfast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, she really is. And she's curious too. Like she reminds me of Marion Pippin. <laughs> that's awesome. But yes, yeah, she's just been a blast and she's the focus right now competitively. Cause I, I love competition. Like I love to compete. And last season was all about getting her acclimated. So where she could put out a performance at the showgrounds, you know, where you've got all the atmosphere, 
And uh, she's not like she obviously still needs many more years to truly get comfortable in that situation. Uh, but she's been really, really fun. So that's where we're at with her. We do some we're hoping to start because we've still not done an official cross country course yet. Um, we're hoping to do beginner novice this season. So that'll be fun. We've galloped around. So there was the schooling show where they just did a combined. Yeah. So they had um, dressage and show jump. And they took those people and they said, look, if you want to go, we have like a little pile of logs intro course that you can go run around the cross country field over. And all the jumps are obstacle. You can do that. And of course, we signed up for that. And um, we ended up finally not doing the jumping part because Pony just wanted to gallop. And <laughs> I didn't like the little logs were small enough that I'm just like, these are like ground poles. She's not paying attention. She's going to flip over these. Um, but she was so much fun. Like she was actually locking on to the training level. Fence. Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> and I'm like, no, not yet. I'm great enthusiasm, but let's get those today. <laughs> so it, it should be fun to actually school some cross country next this spring. And, nice. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We'll both be terrified because I still have not had much cross-country yeah, experience so but fun, though. She, she's fine so it's fun. exhilarating yeah it is it's terrifying and exciting all at oh, once yeah. like the adrenaline rush is crazy so before we close this out i have to ask this i think i know the answer but everybody's <laughs> gonna want to know will there ever be another jennifer show <laughs> unlikely because both Jennifers have moved on to real ponies. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're we feel we did such an amazing job that it's kind of a high note to leave it on. Like the only next step would be a Jennifer Fest. And both of us are way too busy. Terrified of that idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, I know it was like a one day and a two day, and then the third one was gonna be a three day with clinics and everything. Day. <laughs> it's just like two days was a stretch like yeah. for for two people yeah and we work well together like we're always on the same agreements um our our brains just have the same opinions we think a lot the same um so it was a good partnership and i think it would be tough to find like in another brain to add to that mix you know so we we just liked we liked how we ended it and, and we think it was a good time. Like we've done our thing. We had our, our amazing show and we just were too burnt out still. <laughs> I feel that understandable. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're still like, mm, I can't. <laughs> Not ready yet. Not ready. Maybe never. And then by the I time feel that way about marriage. Ready, we'll be like, yeah, <laughs> it'll be like 30 years down the road and we'll be old and, Tired. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap this up. Tell us, uh, give us a short summary. It's kind of like when they do hot ones and they say, you know, tell us what's going on, you know, plug your stuff, go for it. Tell everybody about what you've got on the, on the plate right now and where to find your stuff. And uh, lots of new resins. So the website points you to everything. The website is Aspen leaf studios, LLC.com. And uh, you can find links to the Facebook studio page there. Um, you can find links to the web store. So if I have something that's available, it goes up on the web shop right now, which is great because it's secure checkout. There's a cart system. Like 
it's easy for me to input items in stock um, and keep things limited. And the, I think it's the store has the link for a newsletter. Um, but my way to communicate brand new things is the newsletter and the Facebook studio page. Mm -hmm. And then the Facebook studio page is, is fun because you can see all of the in-progress stuff. So you can see the buildup for the actual item. Uh, and that link, I'm getting it out right now, is facebook.com slash Aspen Leaf Studios. So pretty easy to find. Uh, and it's got a bright yellow kind of artsy Aspen Leaf on there. And then the flea bitten anise that yes. I painted a while ago now yeah. um, is also up there. Feet of engineering. So I got to do a new flea bitten horse. I got to do um, one of the pre's once I get brave enough. I've got a, a Alma prepped and ready for nice. flea bite. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. All right, Jen, we appreciate you coming on. And, and, uh, as always, you're a pleasure. You're so articulate. And, um, and... <laughs> I don't know. I think the words just kind of spew from my mouth. <laughs> Whoa. They spew but, in a fancy yeah. manner, though. <laughs> you're so, you're fancy. I'm educated. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break and we will be back with Instagram in progress and to close the show. Yeah. Bears in Black. All right, we're back with Instagram in progress. We are going to start with my one of my personal favorites, Stephanie Blaylock. Stephanie Blaylock. Stephanie Blaylock. Yeah. She is painting one of Maggie Bennett's little uh, briar ponies. And we were talking about pastels. She's putting down her base coat on white primer. Um, and... <laughs> It kind of shows in this her technique of how inelegant putting the first couple of layers oh, yeah. on is. She's mashing yeah. the color into the sculpture. It's um, just slapdash. Yeah. It's awesome. And and you see, like, it's sped up, obviously, but you see how, you know, she's not she's not, you know It's it's not it's not she's refined. Not about being right. Yeah. And, right. and making it perfect right. at that stage. Yeah. You know, she's got a couple of colors she's blending together on a paper towel and just socking it on there. So yeah. Um, there are some updated pictures of what it's becomes down below in the feed and, uh, and it's, it's really spectacular. So, mm. but she yeah, this was neat to see because she doesn't do Palominos very often. No. Mm. Uh, next up we have Snowdrift Studios and this is a little process video where, um, they are stippling on color over, you know, over a, I mean, also like a finished base coat, and I'm not sure if she's she's roaning. She's, I mean, I'm I'm not sure if, if she's putting down the white or she's putting down a darker color on top of that. But she's using a really, really stiff hog's bristle brush, and it's you know got almost no pigment on it at all. And yeah, just it's just doing stiff, just tiny, tiny little stiff tiny holes. white speckles. Yeah, you can see. I think I've seen this one on the Namo Pemo group. Yeah, she's putting down white, and she has an explanation yeah. there yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, this crazy. Yeah. Next up, she does great oil work. Does. Our, Sorry, our local homegirl Karen Gerhardt. She is working on a sculpture. Um, she does not digital sculpt. She still works by hand, and she is putting together an Irish draft. I stallion. like this big beefy guy. Like, I like the booty is, booty butt yeah. butt. <laughs> this is up. This is what I like. A big chunk of horse. I love the neck. Yeah. The crest of the neck. Ugh. 
Yeah. Just that nice rainbow. Yeah. I love that too. That kind of bath just, mm. Yeah. I really like the tail too. Like the, I, a sculpture with a bang tail, if it's done right, just gets me every time. <laughs> just even real horses. I love the clean yeah. look and it always Same. makes them look thick and pretty. Yeah. She's named him Meridian. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, next is Mel Miller with a a picture of the back of her car with about 8 billion (laughs) flat mailboxes. And it's the last batch of medallions from October going out. I got mine. Yours was cool. Mine was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can't wait to see what she does next year. (laughs) (laughs) She's innovative. Like the things that she does with the colored resin and the transparencies of the resin is really cool. And the effects, like the glitter and the smoke and all the crazy things she can do with them. The bones are great. Love the bones. (laughs) Like that totally blew my mind. Jen, does this sculpture look familiar? (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) I saw like, so I love watching her enamel paymall stuff because she really, she's very scientific about what she does, but at the same time, she uses like construction con orange and fuchsia and everything on her piece. Mm -hmm. And and it's really neat to see how unrealistic colors translate into realism. Um, She's great at at doing stuff like that. But I saw that the pattern she wanted to do for that horse. Yeah, it's Mel. You gave yeah. yourself a month to do that. <laughs> yeah, so this is a crazy Sabino Roan, and it's yeah, like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, it's Mel. What you yeah, I mean, what, what I would expect yeah. nothing less, frankly. There were no surprises. Yeah. Next up is Christina Riley. She is painting a little zebra. Um. She, I think, took the class with Tegan Davis for yeah. That's um, that's the resin you got. Zebras. That's the resin you got to paint the zebras. So, and this looks really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Zebras are not easy. Yeah, the patterning no. is great. Yeah, yeah I, I heard... and I love how she's got that little like hair definition, but in the striping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody saying they were very jealous of her because everybody else was kind of just getting fruit stripe gum stripes, right? Just solid <laughs> lines. Here's Christina like <laughs> <laughs> It looks great. Effortless. <laughs> but again, you know, Christina Because there was all a, that effort put in before you got to this right. piece to get to right, that. Right. Though, She's you know? a professional artist. Like she was yeah. an animator. Like an animator She's for a cartoon network. Yeah. So yeah, but this looks really cute. I'm yeah. excited to see it. Oh, it's actually there's a picture of it done under. It's got cheese and has the kind of orangey background. It's really neat. Mm. Really neat. Yeah. Very nice. And then finally, we have uh, from DJ Bay DJ B Studios. I don't know what that was about. Um, a selection, <laughs> a selection of classic scale customs in the works, and these are all. Luscious. I do like the guy in the back. I believe he's a was a. I believe he was a swaps. He was some, or man of war. He's man of war, um, with his head all the way up. I like him. I like the Mustang yeah, mayor. Cool. Yeah. That tail is the Mustang mayor is cool, but I like the guy with his head up. He's nifty. I I love how everything is still in keeping with like Marine loves yeah soft artistic yes. style. Yeah, like it it's stylized for sure, which is perfect. But it it's still in the realm of realistic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it skirts that edge. Yeah. I love it. 
All right, that's it. It's time to close the show. It's time so to Jackie close the show. Jackie's got to do surgery in the morning. I... All right, let's go. Let's go. Uh, always looking for sponsors and shout outs. Uh, contact info at mayorsandblack.com to get advertising rates and all that nonsense. We also trade for artwork and stuff like that. And we'll to give get, it away yeah, to our patrons or, yeah. and our listeners. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash mayorsandblack. Look for Model Horse Podcast or Mares in Black. You'll find us. Come join us. We got all kinds of good stuff coming up this this year. We always have good stuff at Briarfest for our Patreons. We have a pretty good Discord. It's all good. Yep. You can subscribe to the Mares in Black Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, or a million other providers. Just type in Mares in Black. Yeah. Just not the ones that don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch, in theory. Twitch! As a matter of fact, we will be using Twitch in a couple of weeks. I just confirmed with Maggie uh, Bennett. She's going to finish up our Club Micro in a, in a Twitch stream over the weekend. Where's my calendar? She has the best voice to listen yeah, to. 24th and 25th. So... Mm. Huzzah! But you have yeah. to be a member. You can't right. just bust in. Nope. <laughs> it's rules. All right. We are going to vamanoose so everybody can, like, go to bed. Go to bed. Leave. <laughs> Stupid jobs. Snooze. God. Stupid jobs. <laughs> Stupid jobs. All right. I get to ride my pony tomorrow. Yay! Fine, Yay! Jen. <laughs> just rub it in. Just rub it in. <laughs> rub, rub, rub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Love you guys. Right. Bye. Bye. Love you guys too. Bye. The Mares in Black Podcast, created and hosted by Heather Malone and Jackie Rossi. Written by Heather Malone. Produced by Heather Malone, Jackie Rossi, and Joshua Wessner. Edited by Joshua Wessner. Engineered at Two Ton Studios. Fulfillment Enforcer, Jackie Rossi.